0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country
1: and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level.
0: Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's Past the Post, Sunday, the 8th of October, and of course, Past the Post each and every Sunday brought to you with the compliments of Archer Park Racing. They were in form again, pocket full, straight to the line yesterday, so... The team is going great guns, and they celebrated well into the night. And, of course, if you need to know anything about Archer Park Racing, to buy a horse, big share, small share, whatever you want to do, just go to the website, au. Ben Dorries, good morning.
2: Morning. I reckon it was moving day at the races yesterday, wasn't it? A bit like, the, you know, the third round in the golf tournament. Um, it was a really good day just to watch and learn. Unfortunately, um, I did more than watch and learn. I didn't come out on the right side of the punt. But yeah. anyway, but it was a great day. Just from Corfield Cup, Cox Plate, uh, Melbourne Cup perspectives, just to just to watch some of these runs and so not necessarily the winners.
0: We've been talking over the last two and a, almost two and a half months. It felt to me like yesterday was uh, the preliminary is now over. Now we go full throttle. Everest, Caulfield Guinea's next week, Corfield Cup, Cox Plate, Golden Eagle, Flemington, blah blah blah. So now we we're hitting full stride there was a host of black type races at Flemington and Rose Hill Gardens yesterday we had black type at Eagle Farm black type at Murray Bridge but two words sum up yesterday in my mind gold trip
2: that was phenomenal wasn't it and um when you consider as well um that was only that horse's third win and the first time it had won on a good track mm. so I think um a gold trip I think uh, fixed odds started $19. I think you, if you bet into the world pool in Victoria, you, you got $30 or something because they obviously came for all the Hong Kong punters, came for a Romantic Warrior. But I, I think probably the reason that Gold Trip started those odds and drifted in betting was because it was a good track and punters were just thinking, you know, this horse is best uh, on a soft track or, or even worse, and could he replicate that slashing? first up run I've got to say I actually spent a lovely morning on uh, Thursday morning with Noel Greenow our favourite Irishman and part owner of Gold Trip out at the fruit markets and I talked to him about all his horses and I've got to say he was a little bit reserved about the prospects of Gold Trip I certainly didn't go charging into Gold Trip after talking to him but um, you just had to believe your eyes don't you and I'll tell you what doesn't it leave Mark Zara in an interesting conundrum? If that, I suspect that horse will probably go to the Cox Plate now. We'll probably find out during this show. But if it happened to go to the Caulfield Cup gold trip, Mark Zara's on without a fight, which is one of the leading contenders as well.
0: I'm thinking the market is telling us that he is going to the Cox Plate. We'll talk about that in just a moment because that's the first race we're going to have a listen to, the the Tab Turnbull. Uh, yes, uh, it was a, a spectacular performance. But, of course, the other feature of the race uh, was the performance or lack of performance from Romantic Warrior. We'll talk about that soon. Let's go to the tab Turnbull. Romantic Warrior was the $2.45 fixed favourite. Here's the replay with Matt Hill.
3: 550 out. Bankmore tried to seal away from them. A length and a half. West Wind blows Uncle Bryn They were followed by Ozopinko presenting. Romantic Warrior brought towards the middle of the track. McDonald hasn't moved yet. 350 to go. Ozopinko up to West Wind blows. Romantic Warrior. And here's Gold Trip, the Melbourne Cup winner, storming down the outside at the 200. Gold Trip runs on by. Two leagues, three leagues. West Wind blows and Sulcombe. But it's all Gold Trip. Gold Trippers bolted in the Turnbull. West Blow second, Sulcum third, and Romantic Warrior four. They were followed next in the field by Luna Flare and Spanish Mission. Duke de Cesar, Francisco Gardi, back behind them Ossipenko, then El Bodegon, right you are Emissary Uncle Brin and Romans, and back with those was Barclay Square. Yes, Ran the... so well in the race last year. Gold Trip, Mark Zara, bringing back some memories from the Cup last year.
0: Certainly did. Uh, He was absolutely dynamic. Uh, As we mentioned, Noel Greenalch is joining us now as one of the part owners. Noel, good morning. How are you? Yeah, good, David. How are you going? I'm well. I was trying to think of an apt description for watching that race yesterday, and I've watched it a few times since. When he emerged, it was like a bolt of lightning. He just scorched up the centre of the track and and ran away. I bet you've watched it a few times yourself.
4: (laughs) Um, I certainly have, and 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 sort of, it's it's a bit um, it's a bit awesome what he did. Um, I, I and and unexpected, to be honest with you. I mean, his first up run signaled that the horse was was well and back in good shape, but made quite astonishing yesterday.
2: I said just before you came on air, Noel, and <clears throat> congratulations too. That I suppose the reason this horse drifted in betting and and started at almost twenty to one was just the good track. I mean, there's probably those out there who were thinking he needed a bit of sting out of the track to to show his best.
4: Um, possibly Ben, but seemingly it has still had a fair bit of give in it, mate. Um, um, so the the word that I'm hearing is that. Despite the fact that it was a soft five, it was genuinely had a, a you could get your toe in it. So it's, it's obviously suited those types of horses. And I mean, the improved the improvement in gum would suggest the same because I mean, he he just won't go anywhere on anything. It's hard, but he, he he ran on quite nicely. So um, yeah,
2: I, I I do think that the track was was very suitable. It's hard to believe I'm saying this. But I think that win was better than his Melbourne Cup win. <laughs> Would you say that as well? Obviously, not the significance of the race, but um, just visually, it was it was a better win. I thought.
5: Yeah,
4: um, and look, I, it's a, it's a credit to the team there. I mean, they're obviously uh, Karen and David take most of the um, plaudits, but I mean the, the team behind them. I mean, this horse's foot issues were widely publicised um, and the farriers and any of those people involved at that have got him to this stage of, of A, his feet being really, really sound and B, um, him looking the way he does. I mean, this horse arrived in oh, 21 to have a crack at a cock's plate and, you know, all sorts of things went wrong um, but, but he has never ever looked as well. He, Kieran sent out a video on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday this week, and right, the, the horse's coat is just gleaming. He just looks like a picture of health. And, you know, obviously the Melbourne way suits him too. He had a, a prep in Sydney last prep and it didn't go to plan. But, maybe obviously, yeah, Melbourne and Mark Aaron's on his back suit and like it looks like.
0: <laughs> what about you're a betting man? I see he SP'd $19 fixed this whirlpool with just, you know... Zillions of money in the pool, He paid thirty dollars forty five on the on
4: the Victorian tab. Um, I've just finished vomiting, David, from <laughs> yesterday, um, and now you're going to make me vomit again. Oh, so that would tell that. you that would tell you how my how my betting um, um, expertise is. Mate.
0: Ben uh, always chastises me <laughs> because he says I'm a time nut. I like to talk about times, but I will say I think we should talk about times here with Gold Trip because you talk about a good turn of speed. His individual sectionals. This is a two thousand meter race, mind you. Last eight hundred forty-five seventy-three thirty-four-three. Last six hundred twenty-three hundred two and twelve. So, the, the the figures back up the the visual side of the performance. He was dynamic. He was running fast sectionals every furlong and and still maintained into the line. So, 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 do we go to the Cox Plate?
4: Yeah, and 12, 12 seconds for the last two under, my, and and pulling up on the mm. line. Like I mean, Mark was very kind to him in the last, you know, twenty or thirty meters. So like that could have been anything. Um, look, uh, and 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 I'm no um, wiser than you guys at this stage, but I, you would have to think there'd be a leaning that way because again, go back to twenty one that he was he was purchased out of France to, to come and run and try and win the twenty twenty one Cox Plate. For the obvious reasons that have all well publicised with vets, et cetera, et cetera, it didn't happen. But that was his target race, um, and 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 it makes so much sense having looked at what he done yesterday and and virtually a wait for age field. I mean, it's a, it was a set weights and penalties race, but my, they don't come much better in terms of opposition than what he did to them was was quite extraordinary. My my major concern with and this is just me as as a part owner and small part owner, but um, would be that, you know, you go to the Caulfield Cup and you win the Caulfield Cup, but then you're going to be carrying close to 60 kilos in the Melbourne Cup. So, Mm. you know, unheard of, really. So, yeah, probably probably cox fight. And, again, if you go back to last year, I mean, you know, he ran in the Caulfield Cup, he ran in the cox fight, and he ran in the Melbourne Cup. His run in the cox fight, despite the position that he finished, mate, was extraordinarily good and, you know, given a better... Better
2: ride, he probably yeah, not 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 goes and wins, but would certainly have been way, well up in the placings. Yeah, yeah. So he's gar- he's going to be carrying um, half a train in the the Melbourne Cup with fifty eight and a half, which I think is only a kilo more. Having said that, than he carried last year. Going on what you've seen, um, but having that weight in mind, can he win back to back Melbourne Cups? Because that would be an historic achievement if he could. Ben,
4: he's he's well used to carrying weight. Um, I mean, you know, his first up run this this prep was 62 kilos. I think yesterday was 59. Um, So, I mean, carrying the the weight, I suppose it's getting over the two miles with that weight on your back. But um, you would not, I mean, you wouldn't discount the fact that that with that turn of foot that he showed yesterday at the end of two miles, and even last year, like, I mean, you know, he's... He was 200 foot at the end of of my last year. And a lot will be dependent on weather conditions. I mean, if we're we're on a bone-hard, rock-hard track, I mean, that's not going to be up his alley. Um, You know, you leave it to Kieran and David um, as to where and what they do. I'd say that they'll keep an open mind as to where they go. But, you know, Zara can't ride it in the the Caulfield Cup because he's obviously committed to another horse. Um, um, You know, do do you try and maintain... That that chain of events there. I mean, I'm, there's a, there's a few uncertainties with it, but um, yeah, my 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 personal
2: preference would be Cox plate straight into the cup. Now you obviously had um, three other runners in the race as well. No, jeez, you were chock full of chances here. Solcombe, um ran third, uh, didn't trouble your winner, obviously, but but ran a nice enough third. Oh, I thought Francesco Guardi, who ran seventh, was really trucking into the race, really nicely on the corner, but just didn't seemed to quite go on with. And El bodigon was, was improved as well. Can you sum up the performance of your other runners? Yeah, um, very happy with Sulkham. I think um, he's right where you'd want him. I mean, he has this terrible habit of continually missing the
4: start, which is, is going to cost him a big race somewhere down the line. But um, certainly his finishing sectionals were very good. Um, Craig um, was very complimentary about his performance in terms of where we're headed with him. Um, uh, yes, uh, I would agree with you uh, to a point with Francesco. He was um, trucking on the home tour and probably just ran out of steam the last 150, I'd suggest, Ben. Um, he, he's, he's got bigger targets in, in, in play. And again, and I'd reiterate, and I think I've said to you many times, that that all along this horse is, is planned to be running his best is when he's at a mile and a half plus. He, he's very rarely done anything at less than a mile and a half. Um, if you go back through his form, you'll see, you know, he, he was running around in 1890, under 2,000 metre races in Sydney without looking like being anything. gets to the Bart Cummings and the Mooney Valley Cup over 2,500 last, last season. And, you know, that's when he really found his best. Um, so I think you've got to trust that. Um, and it was just nice to see El um finishing off well he's been disappointing thus far um but certainly the weather the better for him and we're just starting to sort of work things out with him but um he, he certainly finished off a lot better
0: well all is good just changing topics before we let you go they say uh the first tray of mangoes auctioned at forty thousand dollars at the Rocklea market series of the week that wasn't ben dorrie's <laughs> bid was it
4: I tried to get him
0: to take his hands out of his pockets. Oh.
4: <laughs> like getting blood. thats like getting blood out of a stone, David.
0: Tell, tell us the, what's the background
4: of this? What this, this this auction with these mangas? Does this happen every year? Yes, it's been an annual event for a long time. I, I God it goes back, um, um, and you know, famously there was a, a great retailer, Sam Coco who people yeah. might remember. But Sam was the eternal. Um, uh, Highest bidder for years and years, and until one year when I stupidly enough took him on and he dumped me with it, so I was the mango king one year. Not my greatest effort ever. <laughs> who uh, who who bid the 40,000 this year? Uh, a young retailer, Dominic uh, Casagrande He's out at uh, Carina, has a couple of retail outlets out, out on the um, Carina way. He's a really, really good young man, and um, yeah, it's a credit to him. And look, and look the markets community gets behind it every year. I mean, it's 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 for the 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 money's for great charities, and you know there's a lot of generosity out of the markets
2: all round. To be honest with you, so yeah. Did he tell you about eating all my 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 beautiful blueberries? <laughs> no, right. I was just about to say that actually. Noel, I, I will give you a wrap, and this is this is a free <laughs> plug. So Noel's given me a beautiful tray, or you know, quite a few blueberries. I've taken them home. And as you can probably tell, I'm not a massive fruit and veggie man. I I sort of think, you know, salad and stuff like that's for rabbits and, you know, fruit, you know, maybe have an orange juice occasionally. But I consumed quite a few of these, um, uh, you know, blueberries on the couch the other night. They were superb. And I've been walking around, may I say, with a bit of a spring in my step ever since. I think I'd sort of, I feel reborn. Noel, how good are they? Someone said that someone said that
4: your complexion had completely changed. Oh. At the
2: races oh, absolutely! I've got you know women coming up to me everywhere. It's sensational. Oh. Uh, there's
0: there's one there's one uh, bad side to this. You've unleashed a beast here by by inviting him to the markets. He'll be skulking around there now, trying to get as much as he can for as little as possible. When I say little, I mean nothing. <laughs> so you know the man well. So you've let the genie out of the bottle there. Oh.
2: I'm expecting some job applications. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, just one final one before we let you go, Noel. You obviously had three runners um, in the Bart Cummings as well, and they finished, um, I think, 10th, 11th, and 12th. We're talking Virtuous Circle, Shayar and Shiraz. Were they a bit disappointing, or, or how do you look at those runs?
4: Um, on face value, uh, Shayar had a torrid time being wide and, and sort of went up and, and ran out of steam. He'll, he'll definitely go to the paddock. Um, Shiraz, yeah, I was expecting a bit more. Um, and Virtuous Circles, run, I wouldn't um, discount what happened there. He he had a pretty checkered path in the straight. And rather than being out and open running where he probably needs to be, the big, big striding horse, he was sort of boxed up on the fence for a lengthy period. Um, wasn't too bad. Wherever he goes next, and again, looking looking like more ground. He,
0: he, he wasn't too bad. Leave us with a fun fact. Tell me how many how many horses do you own right at this very moment? No idea.
4: <laughs> no idea. I'd, um,
0: imagine.
2: No, I I'd I do, to. No idea. I'd love to.
4: will give it. way too many.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see your email, uh, Noel. You know, when you like, you know, most horse owners have sort of, you know, they get the bill at the end of the month or something. There's one or two emails. Your, your email would dead set be flooded with emails, wouldn't it? Mainly bills. He's just laughing.
4: Any time you see like falling in, mate, give us a shout, will
0: you? (laughs) (laughs) Keep him away from the markets. Good to talk to you, mate. Congratulations on yesterday.
4: Yeah, it was fantastic.
2: Thanks, guys. See you later. There is Noel Greenholz joining us and has a lot of horses. Yeah, he does. And you know what? His business model, I reckon, with the horses is a terrific one. I think I'm right in saying that back in the day, when he started to get involved, he used to take big shares in a small amount of... Horses, Mm. but having a a smaller when I say smaller share, it's not like he's got one percent on. You know, I don't exactly know, but I think he's got you know five, ten, fifteen percent. That sort of. But by spreading your your load around, if you get a bad horse or a slow one or whatever, you know, it's not the end of the world. You only need you know three or four really good ones, and you you make a killing.
0: So the wash up. and and I think what Noel was saying is what everyone is thinking, that it will be a Cox Plate into a Melbourne Cup. And I think the betting sort of told us that because what happened yesterday was in the morning Gold trip was $34 for the Cox Plate. Immediately he won the Turnbull. He went to 11. Now, we often see that happen. But then the key part is after 11, 9, 8, 7. They're significant moves after that initial move. So... I'm thinking that uh, he will be at the Cox Plate and be a damn good chance.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, he'll win the Caulfield Cup. The second-place horse yesterday, that West Wind blows, for a first run in Australia, I had to do it the hard way. He was wide a lot, um, certainly in the early and middle stages. And I think Jamie Spencer dropped his whip as well late. And, yeah, clearly got beaten fair and square by Gold Trip. But I thought to stick on the way he did with some class horses behind yeah. him, I thought that's got Caulfield I'm, Cup written I'm, all over it.
0: I'm just concerned about maybe a lack of tactical speed where he just, you know, Different tempo here, and that run will have uh, helped him yesterday to you know start to adapt to the this style of racing. But just don't want to see him caught wide like he was yesterday. Sulker was very good, as we know. So what do we say about Romantic I'm Warrior? I'm putting
2: the pen through Romantic Warrior, David Producer Dale. You can tape this and play this back when this horse probably wins a Cox Plate. But uh, look, I mean, it's a bit harsh to sack the horse, I suppose, off one run. But Zach Purton pointed out late uh, late last week to my colleague Trenton Acres, this horse actually hasn't beaten a whole lot in Hong Kong. It hasn't beaten the best Japanese, and and he was a bit suspicious about it coming to Australia and clearly did a lot wrong, was fresh and and over-raced and whatever. Um, but, look, got beaten four lengths. Uh, yes, we'll improve, but, you know, we'd probably need to improve six or seven lengths from what we saw yesterday, minimum, to yeah. be competitive in a Cox Plate. I'm
0: sure there's improvement there um, just by... You know,
2: the yeah, pro- but th- the pro- there is, but not. I-, I can't see it improving six or seven
0: lengths.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, could you be backing that horse on a Cox Plate?
0: Certainly not. And uh, I think he's only. He he was displaced as favourite naturally. He was three fifty. Now he's four dollars fifty. But I think even four dollars fifty is skinny. And I think he's just sitting there on reputation, uh, which did precede him. But I think uh, we saw him – You know, it's worth discussion at another time. We saw a horse come out of that Hong Kong bubble, and that bubble burst yesterday. Uh, even allowing for a, a lack of condition and a few other matters. That was the, the term, but let's go to some of the other features from yesterday. We'll go to the Gill Guy down the straight and Star Patrol, who won the Bobby Lewis, was attempting the Lewis Gill guy double. He was the $2.50 favourite.
3: They reach the 450 Outlaws Revenge Rocket Tiger, Snapper together Jigsaw's also nice and close They were followed by Triple Missile who's tanking into it, Star Patrol has plenty of company, they're right across the track Say Ajik working into it, cause for concern and Zootori over on the far side, now Star Patrol lets rip and lead Triple Missile followed by Same Ajik Star Patrol about a length and a half, Triple Missile Star Patrol is burning rubber late and Star Patrol too good from Triple Missile same Ajik and Cause for concern. Then came Jigsaw and Shelby 66 from Zootory. Well back Fender, Ashford Street, Rocket Tiger on the lead, snapper and a long last after being up there, Outlaw's Revenge.
0: We mentioned how good he was at the Bobby Lewis because he was out facing the breeze and they were going hard. It was a more controlled tempo yesterday. He settled well, but he was strong to the line. So uh, look, more than likely he'll go to the champion sprint during Flemington's uh, week of feature racing. It'll meet a hell of a lot tougher company, but the upside of the uptick is horses for courses. He's a very good straight horse.
2: Yeah, and you know why? Because he's a lunatic around the bend. He runs off the track and does all sorts of stupid things. Remember, he started his life up here in Queensland, I think, under Casey Fogden. So uh, Clinton McDonald completely reinvented this horse. Uh, I think there was another trainer in the middle. It might have been Mark Newnham as well, who had a crack at Star Patrol and, and couldn't quite get him right. But Clinton McDonald's got inside his head and... Um, yeah, I doubted this horse, uh, but I don't anymore. You've got to believe what you can see. I backed him and a made the doom, and he
0: got beaten at a dollar forty. <laughs> what? You bet things at a dollar forty, do you? No, it's it, no, it ended up at a oh, I got because you it. had so much on. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, just another punning story. The uh, Bud Cummings, which we've touched on with Noel, was uh, of course gives a golden ticket into the Melbourne Cup. Here's the replay.
3: Future History's had a decent run, 400 metres to go, sprints for the judge from Serpentine who wants to lay in, Shayar's beaten, First Immortal coming down the middle and then Alaskan God and a maid, Future History at the clock tower, First Immortal down the middle of the course is running on hard, it's Future History joined by First Immortal, then Serpentine, Future History and First Immortal, Future History had a kick in the locker, Future History lifts near the line and Future History's one and a half at a half length, First Immortal, photo third, mostly Cloudy Serpentine followed by a maid. Next to finish, Alaskan got an Athabaskan from Shayar, and then came Shiraz, Sir luke Lucan Goldman. Next to clock in, interpretation, high emotion, Ash run, and last hopeful.
0: Well, Kieran Maher and David Usus have used this method previously, using the bard Cummings to get an entry into the Melbourne Cup. They did it with Per Sam, they did it with Grand Promenade, and they've done it with Future History yesterday. Beautifully rated by Craig Williams. Uh, stacked and racked them and sprinted home too well. The run of the second horse, First Immortal, was outstanding, I felt.
2: Yeah, it was good. Not quite sure what to make of this race, though. I mean, as you say, stacked and racked them, given a very, very soft time up front. First Immortal, even despite that, I thought First Immortal had the winner cold there at one point, but maybe the winner just got such a such a cheap run that... Uh, was just able to find something else. But, yeah, there was a, there was a few disappointments. As, Asabaskan started $7. Goldman, that was an interesting run from Goldman, who's uh, in the Melbourne Cup markets, was mm. a lot closer to last than first. But, yeah, I don't know. It might be one of those races to, I don't know if we say, treat with a grain of salt because Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace can improve horses extravagantly, can't they? So, But, yeah, I don't know. What do you make of it?
0: I, I would agree. I didn't think there was a lot of depth. I thought First Immortal was the best run of the race. Um, just where they head with him now, I'm not, not quite sure. The Rose of Kingston's a Group 2 race to stepping stone towards the Empire Rose. And most punters, many punters around Australia uh, use Princess Grace in, in their multis. She was at a dollar sixty let Let's see how she fared
3: starlight scope the first to spearhead them into the running from life lessons princess grace into the clear from rota arataki waltz on by down the outside with shuffle dancer life lessons 200 meters to go in front princess grace a neck away then wrote to arataki starlight scope princess grace and life lessons fight it out wrote to arataki still there life lessons digs in life lessons just in front and held them off a big win Life Lessons has won it from Rote to Arataki or Princess Grace, then waltz on by. Every chance the favourite. Starlight Scope behind them from Ballet, Reach Climbing, Star Dazzling, Lucy Shuffle, Dancer Star Tondes and Ja Ja Shaboogie.
0: In Stuart Ramsey's
3: colours, uh, this five-year-old
0: bear by Tavistock was strong to the line. Catherine Coleman, who, of course, now trains in partnership with Peter Moody, said post-race... Uh, they gave her two runs during the autumn, but she was disappointing. But as Catherine said... She needed a decent break. It was a quick turnaround from the spring into the, that autumn campaign. But this time in, she's been good. Of course, Amelia's jewel beat her uh, last time out. No disgrace there by any stretch of the imagination.
2: But yesterday, she came up Trump's and more than likely will go to the Empire Rose. Yeah, the Amelia's jewel form is obviously good form. I thought Princess Grace was the most disappointing run of the day, just about anywhere. Um, James MacDonald, I thought, rode her perfectly. Like, he kicked up early and really made that life lessons. The eventual winner work... Um, to sort of get ahead of him. Sat beautifully poised there in the 1-1 one, one in, in sort of trotting terms. And you just... I thought it was just a case of how far when I was watching the race. But just didn't find much at all. I mean, look, I think the winner's probably a better, better horse than we gave her credit for. But P- Princess Grace, very disappointing, I thought.
0: And there was a pre-race sensation because the New Zealand mare Skew with played up in the gates was uh, ultimately vetted and not cleared. So she has to get a vet clearance plus trial to the satisfaction of stewards before
2: she... Steps up again. And one more on that race, David. Start Tontos, Royal Peethcote, I think, has got some decisions to make there with uh, with her. She you know, she was probably never going to trouble the scorers in this race. Started $31. But on face value, you know, beating five lengths uh, for a Group 1 winner, I thought was disappointing. She's
0: not putting in. She, yeah. She's not putting in. And, and this can happen with me sometimes. The Group 2, Danehill, down the straight. Uh, one of the lead-ups to the Coolmore. Here's the replay. And our favourite was Archo Nacho, $3.30.
3: 450 metres to go. They're about to quicken it up. Libertard with I Am Unstoppable. And then came on a galore. Stritten Angel still nice and close. And then came Archo Nacho and Kandinsky Abstract as they sprint up at the 200. I Am Unstoppable in front. But here's the filly. Stretton Angel won't go straight. I Am Unstoppable about a half length in front. Stretton Angel the outside tries. It's I Am Unstoppable. Stretton Angel sticks its head out and nailed him. Stritten Angel's won it from I Am Unstoppable in a narrow field. Finish. For third, Don Corleone, followed by Treasure Way, who's run a race in a photo for four with Cigar Flick. Archo Nacho, not today. And then came Honour Galore. Libertad got tired and at the tail, Kandinsky Abstracts.
0: She had a two-start autumn campaign in Adelaide where she performed well and then, of course, she ran a ripper behind uh, She's All Shenanigans in the Cup, Don Thiebbs. But what we've expected from her is she's a, a filly who likes to find her feet and then hit the line hard. She was up a lot closer yesterday. That probably helped her, uh, being close to the lead, and she was strong to the line. So she'll go to the kill cool
2: ball. Yeah. Uh, no, Philip Stokes was pleasantly surprised with how well she jumped, and you've summed that up uh, brilliantly. Uh, I think everything had its chance. Uh, Ken Dinsy abstract, who I backed, sacked for life. I Blame. mean, honestly. Blame. Oh, honestly. Like, I mean, <clears throat> million-dollar price tag. I sort of thought, you know what, going to Flemington, big track, might seat this horse, but uh, it's in the Dory sack forever file. So as, look out for that horse to win next
0: start. As this program proceeds, I think I'm going to hear sad story after sad story. Yeah. I think you're building for a 10:01 to,
2: mon-
0: to ask me for money because you need it after yesterday. No, I'm flying. Oh, you're okay. Going good, yeah. I'll well, buy got more money than the king, mate. Would you like some? <laughs> give me some, then. <laughs> a um, Stratton Angel was $51 yesterday morning. Kilmore. now is it $8. Our final replay from Flemington yesterday what was a great card. We'll go to the um, the Edward Manifold, the three-year-old Phillies at Group 2. And Legacies, the plan was to ride her back in the field, but she ran the favourite at $2.60.
3: Amazonian last kept them running before the corner with 650 metres to go by two lengths of Prilly and They were followed by as they come to the corner. Dolphin Skin on the inside as they run the bend from Teatar to Sonic Boom. Zardozzi is off the rails and would spot the lead about six at this point. Then to Sonic Boom presenting to the middle. Legacy's trying to wind up in the red jacket from a long way back. Aprilia chasing down Amazonian last Two lengths, Nadachi followed by Zardozzi into the clear from to Sonic Boom and then came Legacy, still Amazonian Lass at the 200 metres giving resistance, now Aprilia and Zardozi pick her up, in particular Zardozi in plenty of air today took the front and Zardozi won it, Zardozi, a length and a half of Aprilia, Amazonian Lass, Nadachi they were followed next in the field by Ethel Maud, who was flashing home from Coco's Sun and Basilina, Dolphin Skin to Sonic Boom and Legacy's not seen today from Tiata. and well back in the field, surprising and also. So, poifect never warm.
0: She bounced back to her best form. Of course, she ran at Sandown on the Sunday, had no luck in that race. There was no drama for Godolphin to back her up. Uh, Chad Schofield knows her well because he rode her in a previous campaign to a couple of wins and she produced her best. She had, she had a nice turn of speed once the gap came. This is the time of year, Ben, well, not just this, but, you know, in the couple of weeks before, are these fillies you know, milers or, or can they get to an Oaks? And that's the decision that will have to be made. But you would think on that performance yesterday that they will head to an
2: Oaks path. Yeah, she's been promoted to the equal $5 favourite for the Oaks. I see no reason <clears throat> why she wouldn't give herself every chance to, to run the trip with the way she relaxes. I mentioned Princess Grace was incredibly disappointing before. So was Legacy. Legacies. Still had every chance and got beaten five lengths as a $2.60 favourite. So um real head scratcher there.
0: Been costly twice in a row. Well, that was the action at Flemington yesterday, and of course, it's Caulfield Guineas Day this Saturday. Let's turn our attention now to Rose Hill Gardens. The first race we're going to listen to was the inaugural Alan Brown, a $1.5 million race, and here's the replay with Darren Flindell
6: the big field. Thunders down the side. Attractable led the way. A half on snatch Banjoo into a clear third. Then Cepheus from Wild Planet. Palmetto tucked between runners. Then came Detonator Jack the Rails. Wider out Lions. Rora Jetty are being scrubbed up midfield. And Cotiel riding for luck on the fence. Into the straight. Attractable nearly hit the running rail over there. Led both three quarters now to snatch. Cepheus is pushing into the clear. It's Attractable in front. Holding snatch. Cepheus runs on well. So does Palmetto on the outside, attractable, still a length and a half in front to Cepheus, who's picking up now, Cepheus takes the lead, Cotill is rattling home, Cepheus in front from Cotill, I think Cepheus scraped in from CoTeal. flying crazy, charging home at the end. I think he grabbed third in front of a tractable, then Detonator Jack and Roots, Palmetto close-up from Bandersnatch, Argenia, Cisco Bay, Banjoo, Wild Planet, Lions Roar, Waterford, Stockman, Skyman, Alentia and Cuban Reala. There were a
0: number of close finishes at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. Darren Flindell nailed all of them and he got this one with Cepheus just winning from Kota Healy, let's uh, bring in now Matt Dunn, the trainer of Cepheus. He's been kind enough to join us this morning on Past the Post. Matt, good morning. Morning, David. How are you? I'm um, well. I, I was thinking. I was thinking about you yesterday after this race, and you you were delighted. I saw you interviewed post race. Uh, the whole world has changed for trainers and owners, and, and Cepheus is a classic example. He's a horse that, you know, if if He's probably not a Group One horse, but but he could be competitive at Group One, but he's a good Group Two horse. He won the Shannon at Group Two level, and then he's won a race yesterday one point five million. The Shannon was worth three hundred thousand. These are only stepping stones to his main aim, the big dance, which is worth three million dollars. We're living in a far different world to what we were ten or twenty years ago,
1: aren't we? We sure are. It's good too, isn't it? Certainly <laughs> good for you. Everybody's <laughs> making some money. But it's no, it is, and I think um, you know the the way that um, Queensland and New South Wales are going now. You know, we don't need to be selling horses to Hong Kong anymore, unless we really want to, because the prize money's is um, is incredibly high, and is, like you said that yesterday, that was a that's only a new race, um, and, uh, and 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 uh, all of a sudden it's one point five. It's it's a it's a fantastic place to be at the moment. That's for sure.
0: It certainly is and naturally it's a lot better when you've got the horses that can win them but the other factor out of this on a broader viewpoint is it's giving you, the trainer and, and your group of owners, the, uh, the ability for, for choice. Uh, we're seeing situations, where, like we're talking about right at the top of the tree, horses like Amelia's <coughs> Jewel, Kovalika. Connections have got to decide to go to A or B but that's not a bad place to be in, is it?
1: No, well, that's it isn't it? I mean, you know, here's a 400 meter race, just so 1.5, sort of the week after the Epsom. So it op- like, like you say, it opens up a whole bunch of prize money for for every level of horse, um, and and it's um, it's something that they've worked hard at, and it, it's probably there are a few people saying it's a bit of an odd timing race, but it times pretty well for my program, mm. um, and I think as as time goes on and, and people sort of start adjusting. Horses' programs for these races—they're um, only going to get better. Well, they attracted eighteen horse field for it yesterday, and it was—you know—it's only—it was only sort of introduced this year, so um, it's pretty cool.
2: Take take us back a, <clears throat> a step with this horse, Matt. I mean, he spent a long time off the scene with a with a bowed tendon, didn't he? Take us inside that. Was he always going to race on, or was there a time during that process you thought, you know, what this is pretty serious? We might have to retire this horse. Well, when I had
1: it scanned, when when we sort of first picked it up, um, James Whitfield did it for me and he said retiring. Um, It was a significant injury. It was um, probably as bad as it gets. And OTI have got a very good system in place. They they use Natalie Williamson down in Victoria. And, and, um, you know, it's a long process. He stayed in work for a year while he was doing his rehab. Uh, You know, the days of just throwing him in a paddock for six months, um, they're behind us. And, you know, I think... um, the results that we're now achieving with these horses sort of post-injury um, are so, so far better uh, than what they used to be. And, and he's a prime example, you know, horses are now coming back from these injuries and I think we just have a better understanding of them now and I think we manage them better. And um, I suppose um, the hardest part is probably getting them to, to sort of accept the fact that they're, they're all sound and good again and sort of levelling out. And I think that Sefius is so competitive... Um, you know, he, he sort of runs through a wall. He's uh, he's a, a good horse to to sort of come back from an injury, but uh, it's quite incredible because the touch wood um, that that injury side is completely sound now. He doesn't even carry any heat in it. So, um, yeah, but I think the way that we're approaching these injuries now is um, is much more educated, uh, and we're certainly all getting better results of it.
0: Tell me, how long have you been training? When did you start training?
1: Too long. um Probably, uh, I got my trainer's license when I was 18, actually. Uh, I trained for a little while and then sort of slipped away from it because um, financially it wasn't really working for me. Um, and then obviously I sort of kicked off training again and then we worked for Gerald for eight years and, yeah. and that was probably the turning point. Um, learned how to do it properly, pretty much. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's it's not a, it's, it's a pretty, I think every trainer will tell you the same thing. It's a pretty long apprenticeship, um, but uh, it's 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 certainly a, a great, it's it's a it's a good job and it's um there's a lot more sad days than happy ones. Mm. Uh but you know, it, it's very satisfying when when things happen like they did yesterday, uh, from a horse that yeah. two years ago in every likelihood could could easily have been retired. So and a, a great bunch of people around us and, and an owners group that enjoy it so much, it's um it's a pretty cool job to have.
0: I couldn't quite remember the or well, the precise time when you started training, but I remember you you training for Mark Cook when when you were young the reason I asked that question was, is this horse given you your most satisfaction in trading?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No doubt. He's, um, you know, you know, cause I think just the work that, that sort of goes on particularly, for, I mean, he was an expensive horse from Europe. We paid 600,000 for him and it took me a lot of convincing to, to, um, to have him gelded and then, that preparation before he even got to the, I think he had one trial, and all of a sudden, uh, walking his box, he's got a ten like a banana, and that's 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 pretty um pretty hard to take, um. But uh, you know, it's 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 just one of those things. It's it's um. He's a horse that, uh, I think, he's a wonderful horse to stab around for one. Um, he's he's a gentleman. He's got a lot of character, uh, and and the fact that he. Well, he runs fast. That's, that's probably the key. But, but you know, that just, just that he's such a competitor, even, even yesterday, you know, he s- sort of looked to scramble home and then through the line, he's linked in front of the second horse again, you know, like, you know, and I think Nash made comment of it that, that sort of when he saw that second horse come out from, from behind the blinkers, um, he, he stuck his head down and went again, you know, and, and just, and he was clearly out on his feet, but, mm. um, but you know, he, he's just one of those horses that... Eh, I don't know what the right word for it is, but it's heartwarming, you know, to, to sort of to see a horse that, that's so competitive that, um, that he, he sort of um, pays back all the hard work.
0: And you know the most important thing it's done? You actually smile now when you're interviewed. You've always been very poker face, <laughs> Matt. But, never, I, but that big, beaming smile yesterday, I noticed that. So that's why I asked the question. And it's probably a no-brainer, but, but I'm sure he's given you a lot of satisfaction. Good luck in the big yeah, dance, yeah. And, and thanks for being with us today.
1: Pleasure. Thanks, David. Appreciate it.
0: Good on you, mate. There he is, Matt Dunn, joining us uh, with Cepheus. and not more you can say. He's a, he's just a great little campaigner.
2: He's become a real winner, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and just got the perfect ride barrier, too. Um, a few nervous moments late with Cuddy flying late, flying crazy. Ran out of its skin as well, I thought, surging home for 3rd but no taking away from the winner.
0: Osmosis was the $2.45 favourite of the Tab Roman console. Group 2, let's listen to the
6: race coming to the turn. It's Royal Tribute and neck in front to Osmosis. Then Balkans, followed by Mexico. Kings Gambit a ride for luck on the fence. Getting a lot of room as well. Kings Gambit as they straighten up. 3.50 out. Royal Tribute in front. Osmosis is trying to get on terms. Osmosis draws level with him now. Kings Gambit the fence running it okay. Then Mexico. And a wider out is Barber. Kings Gambit up the fence from Mexico. Then came Osmosis. But it's checkmate. Kings Gambit home today. Kings- Gambit beat Mexico, I think Royal Tribute third, just in front of Osmosis, then Celestial Legend, Barbara Balkans and Namesake.
0: Yes, he was uh, very good yesterday, he was very fast winning the, the Roman Consul, the plan or the tactic change was to ride him quietly, that's exactly what Tommy Berry did, and he scooted along the inside and his sectionals were brilliant. Peter and joins us now on past the Post. Peter, good morning, how are you?
5: Morning guys, yeah, very well thanks.
0: Thanks for joining us. Uh, I think you've said this before, but I just want you to, to expand on to our listeners. This horse, King's Gambit, he, he's a cult biome, invincible, it was only his sixth start yesterday. Am I right in saying he is still, in your mind, an unfinished product?
5: Yeah, I think he it, it showed that yesterday as well. Like he's still just over-raising in patches and he's and not fully, really settling. But, um, but a big result yesterday, that's a... It's a good turnaround for what he's been doing. It's probably the best his race, but as I said, it's still not perfect for me yet or him. And, and I'm sure when we see the perfect product, we relax it totally. You'll see him better views of him again.
2: Congratulations, Peter. What, what happened with him first up at Flemington there in Australia? He was just too fresh and too full yeah, of himself.
5: Yeah, no, he, he had two trials in Sydney and both of them were perfect. He sat back and just launched. And I was... You never know That's one thing about Flemington. You never know how you're going to go if you go there because... It's, <laughs> I've had stayers go jump the front and lead there down the straight. You know, it's just one of those tracks. It's very unique, and you've got to have the, the horse to adapt to what how the track races. And uh, both his trials were good. Uh, I took him down there. He's really buzzed up before the race. He's very, very fresh himself, and going to start. He's quite keen. And he flew the start and jumped to half length in front. And once he'd seen daylight and nothing <laughs> around him, he just kept running. And uh, the boys were blown a bit of paper on the ground, but I don't think it was that. It was just the horse. He he was just charging and just wouldn't come back at all. And uh, just, just really just took off for the whole race. He kept throwing his head around and going quicker and quicker and throwing his head around and going quicker. So he just never gave him a chance to sort of run the two out properly. property. So took him home and just uh, spent a fair bit of time with him just Take him to the races often, and just get him to relax and chill out, and let him know going the race isn't that bad a thing. We take it quiet; it's an easy experience, and and it definitely worked yesterday. It was the best he's ever been before the race. Just got a little bit buzzy you to know, put the saddle on. Not not bad. Went to start good, and he, he executed well. He, he jumped uh, up where I want him to. There's a lot of speed in the race. He saddled pretty well. They backed it off halfway through and he got a little bit keen. Um, as Tommy said later he said when we staying off the fence, I don't know why, but he kept seeing daylight and then he kept, because there's open space there, he wanted to run, so we just had to keep putting in his mind just to settle and wait and wait. So he could have drove a bus up inside when he turned home, but luckily that was there we didn't have to order our our, our direction. Uh but he hung on him right up to the last three hundred metres Then it's actually quick and he's put a gap in him. He had a smart horse, he put a wide margin. I think around thirty three three off the front, so he would have broke thirty three the last like six hundred meters, which
2: he can't do much better than that. Well, I'm assuming uh, the game plan would be uh, the Coolmore down the Flemington Straight. G- given that, or well, A, is that the case, but B, if it is, given that experience at Flemington first up, do you just put that down to him being too fresh, or the, or is there a little bit of you that would be, you know, worried about heading back to the straight?
5: Oh, I'm 50-50. It's a perfect race for him. It's a race for Hart set on the six months, so... Just, um, you know, a lot of thoughts and process has gone in it, so that's why we're shattered when he did that his first start, and we're out of play here. But look, I think now he shows a lot of improvements since he's been home and with the benefit of having another run and we'll definitely give him another trial, probably down the Australia again, eight days before the race. I think a bit more work under his belt. Not that you want him working too hard, because he's, he's a fresh horse, so it's a bit of a juggling act to get enough work in him, not too much to make him feel a bit flat, so that's uh, our job to get that bit right. But, um, but if he, he saddles, it's a perfect race for him. Um that level of, of class horses, they're gonna go quick, they won't be walking, it's tall it'll be fifteen of the best three year old sprinters that've got a, a big carrot at the end if you can win whatever a horse wins that race is a huge stallion making race. So um it's certainly in a lot of horses' minds and everyone's talking about their best horse going there. So it's gonna be a good class race, hopefully a good fast race and we can see the best of this boat.
0: Down there. Yeah, his individual sexual was 32.54, so that probably, without checking fully, would be the the would be the quickest of the day there. Speaking of the Flemington Straight, this um, young boy handled himself well, bodyguard on debut, winning the, the Meribyrnong trial. Yeah, he's a beautiful horse. You'd want to be for 1.6, couldn't you <laughs> you buy two
5: hours of that. But, uh, but look, he's, he's a very tractable horse. He's a very sensible horse, and uh, he showed that yesterday. The young um, was can get a bit racy mm. early, but this bloke's had a really good mindset right from day one, and we're quietly confident he 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 would handle it, and 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 that he did. He he jumped well, he settled nicely, went after quickly, he put a gap in it quickly, so he ticked every box for us yesterday, and we're more than happy with what he done.
2: Just a quick one, last one from me, Pete. It was nice to see, I thought, two horses that we saw of yours that were up here in the, the Queensland Winter Carnival win at the Randwick midweeks, Queen of Dragons and Guanti, I'll probably say that name wrong, but um, they were nice wins at the, the midweeks, weren't they? They were,
5: mate, and that won't be the last, especially Queen of Dragons. She's, she's a really good filly, but um, just she's a very hard-going filly early. She's settling and wants to settle a lot more in a races now, and i just tell you a little while to work out what sort of trips she you want. She's uh, but that 7 foot long just on, on Wednesday was very good. She was she got into interfeet with a couple of times but uh, the last 200 metres just powered away from them. So that was very pleasing to see. And Gennady, she's always been a good filly. Um, a couple of her runs up there, she was terribly unlucky. She got held up on the fence one day and and uh, and uh, couldn't get out. Another day she drew a bad gate when we got a long way back but a terrific race, so she's very talented, I think there's back black type in her Their aim is to try and go back to Melbourne, get something there during the Melbourne Cup week
0: And Marzu, right to go next week?
5: He's good even getting, missing that run has been unfortunate, but he had a really solid trial on the Monday they ran 58 flat in that trial, uh, he's probably the fastest horse around the horse that won that trial and they, they broke uh, 33 even, they ran 33 even, um, the last like 600 in that trial. So it was a fast trial and on the outside fence, of course, proper at Rose Hills. That is quick. But he had, he had a good solid hit out, he chased that horse and had a good blowout. Um, pulled up pretty well, recovered fairly quickly. Uh, he'd done a bit of work on Saturday and maybe Spiral up next Tuesday, and that should have us back on track.
0: Peter, thanks for your time this morning and good luck at the Everest next week. Appreciate it, boys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Here is Peter Snowden. Joining us as we go to a break, let's go to the $2 million Hill Stakes at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. And Modophilia was the $3.40 favourite and she bounced back to winning four.
6: Racing to the turn, it's Mount Popper being eyeballed now by hu And Hieronymus said, go on hu It moved up to take the lead away from Mount Popper. Followed by Zarek into the clear. Then came Hosier. Motifilia still five lengths away, slicing into the clear. hu at the furlong. A length in front of Zarek. Motifilia's hitting the line well. Protagonist the rail. Hu-Yamal a length in front. They're swooping. hu being gobbled up by Motifilia. Motifilia over the top. run past. Uh, who you Yamal to win it and protagonist flashing home at a third. Uh, then came no compromise hitting the line hard from Zayrek. Further back to Lunzi's New Merion, Young Werter. Uh, Mount Popper got pretty tired from Skylab, Fire, Burn, and air. Looking back at the best
0: of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Of course, the Queensland Horse of the Year will be decided tonight. You'll be reporting on that tomorrow on Press Room for me? Uh,
2: No, my colleague uh, Trenton Acres will be. On Press Room? Oh, Press Room, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll set the... Beer market at 14 and a half. I reckon unders and overs. I don't know if you want to get on (laughs) the unders and back me or the overs. I'll have a think about it. Thanks for your time this morning. Cheers, David.
0: Ben Dorry's with us as we bow out on today's uh, edition of Past the Post. Let's go to the feature at Eagle Farm yesterday, appropriately the Forex Queensland Cup. And uh, it was a good betting race, but Desert Icon was a favourite. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning on Press Room. Enjoy your day. Bye-bye. Up to the turn. 500 left to Rana. And Elvita about to hoist the white flag. Ground and headed by Military Gambler. King Frankel works away from the rail. Desert Icon went past it. Linthorpe Bland. Pitching inside runs. Bonnie Ezra into the clear. And then came Fancy Man and Parry Sound. Military Gambler under siege. King Frankel's full tilt. So is Desert Icon. Bonnie Ezra coming through strongly. And Fancy Man is descending on the outside. And then came Parry Sound. Military Gambler's all out now. Fancy Man raced up. Got the upper hand. Fancy Man... Po- away and it's Fancy Man's Cup. Beats home, Parry Sound, Third King Frankel, Fourth Military Gambler, Desert Icon couldn't come on. Then Bonnie Ezra, it didn't run on either. Followed at the head of the others by Ostermeyer, passing a few, then Linthorpe, Lad Sail, Tappies Land, Elvina, Superb Dancer and Whistlehoff, last home.